Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, and thanks again for joining us on this episode of Red Business. We're going to talk about yoga to see if we can relax a little bit. And then we're going to talk about personal finance, which isn't quite as relaxing. But we're going to begin with soccer. And our first guest scored a big win by taking over Cork City FC. It's his goal to get more fans supporting the club, both home and away. And he's set about changing and tweaking the range of fan experiences to appeal to a big base. And his first big announcement came this week with the unveiling of a series of events and packages aimed at companies. Dermot Usher, the owner of Cork City FC, you're very welcome to Red Business. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. It's it's lovely to meet somebody who has bought a soccer club recently because it's the first question I've always wanted to ask people who buy soccer clubs. Why in the name of God did you do that? Um, I suppose for me, it does, it's something that I've been looking at for a number of years. Um, you know, I've I've openly said that I looked at a, a few, you know, had conversations with a, a few clubs along the way, but it was always with a view of maybe doing it as a fun investment with a number of other people. And then the opportunity came up at the end of last year, where you know, to look at the, the Cork City project, and it was a no-brainer for me. It's the only one I even considered doing on my own. And you know, I'm a number of months in now at this stage, and I absolutely do not regret it. It's a fascinating club because it was a fan-owned club. Um, um, now you've come in as owner. It's got a very loyal base. Obviously, a bit of a hiccup when they dropped down to the first division last year, but they're back up in the Premier now. You know, is it all Ted Lasso or, or is it a little bit more frustrating? Um, I look, I, I think that the way that the, the way that the way the club is is that there's there's, there's still there's a lot of organisation to be done within the club, both structurally, financially, uh, and, and and with the business community. So, um, I think we're, we're we're at very much early days at the moment. Um, I'm still getting to know different areas, um, of and the different aspects of the club and the workings of everything and who's doing what exactly. And then as everything comes up, I'm trying to put plans together to deal with various things. And in a, quite a short space of time, um, there's been a number of employment opportunities to, uh, for, for the club to for people to come into the club um, and then there's also been some um, I suppose structural things inside uh, even the way that we do business um, how we operate um, what the infrastructure is like inside as well so there's, there's a bit of change happening Yeah and change sometimes can be good uh, because it can propel things on and bring about innovation and that's what you're trying to do with these corporate packages isn't it because it's not something that people would probably associate with League of Ireland you, you definitely associate it with rugby the GAA have made inroads in this as well but there's a big corporate market to tap into isn't there Absolutely, and I suppose the, the the expression "you can't change without changing" probably comes to mind. Um, and I think from a from a a brand point of view, and I very much look at Cork City FC as a brand. Um, I think there's massive opportunity, and it it hasn't really been tapped into yet. I think there's there's probably two parts of that. One is the getting the brand as much, seeing as many say pieces of clothing. I want to see as many kids walking around with with you know school bags as well with Cork City FC on the back of the school bag, t-shirts with. Cork City FC on it and then with the business community to allow people to have an opportunity. There's a limit to, for example, the advertising uh, placements we can have around the ground, pitch side signs, but there's a massive you know, uh, corporate, you know, uh, range of companies down in, in Cork City who I think would like to get involved with the club and what the events that we've put on allows them the opportunity to do that and then also allows them to do some entertainment, client entertainment, customer entertainment and stuff as well. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. Uh, other sports have been doing this for a long time. Is Turner's Cross 
um, fitted out properly for this because it's a I'm going to say this nicely it's a bit of an older stadium but things have happened in there in the last couple of years that have turned people's heads and you're just presumably going to do a little bit more to get them in well, yeah, but I think some of the, some of the events that we're talking about are going to happen off-site, off from from Turners Cross, and then I have some plans. Um, I can't really talk about those plans at the moment to do with uh, going forward for towards the end of this season and into next season. But again, it's the whole idea is to allow the whole fan night, match night experience, both for uh, the individual who wants to come and support Cork City, and then the com- the companies that want to get involved as well. There'll be a little bit of something for everybody. I hope. You've got a big catchment area, though, uh, that you can tap into. Uh, Cork City is the only soccer club in Cork City that's operating in the Premier Division. Obviously, Cove Ramblers are down in the First Division. So, you know, you're kind of the only show in town. It's not like you've got Manchester United versus Manchester City splitting the country or the county and the city between uh, blue and red. It's only Cork City. So, therefore, you need to drive that message home, get them to support the League of Ireland as much as they might support other teams. Absolutely, but like, but there's there is competition. We have to have the competition within ourselves as a club, because I've always found that you know even with the the old industry that I was involved, competition is healthy and it's very much a driver. When you hear somebody else doing something, say, like, Jesus, should have should have should have done that, or we need to get it, we need to get stuck in. So I think I'm very much a driver, and I think there's an existing you know the staff that are, that that I've you know that have are already in the club and some of the new members of staff that are going to come in I think there's a there's a there's a really 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 good base there and you know we just I just need a little bit of direction and a bit of drive and I'm very much see myself as a driver um, I can't do everything I need uh, support from all the, all the staff and volunteers that are there and there's a huge volunteer base as well but then all, as well as that all the, the you know the commercial end of it as well for support for business to actually get behind the club because you know what it's a good night out it really is a good night out and if people haven't experienced it I invite them a lot to come along and experience it we're getting full houses you know um, our match on Friday against Shelburne we expect this to be a, a full house it's you know Cal- and Healy against Damien Duff and you know the, the, you know the attendance so far to date this year has been absolutely unbelievable we're playing really exciting football and people should come and watch it Absolutely and it is a, an exciting brand of football I, I know when I'm hearing teenagers talk about Cork City you're doing something right what was it like going to your first game as the owner though when you were there knowing oh crumbs I actually own this now uh, what, what was that like <laughs> for you? It's a bit surreal, I'll be perfectly honest, because first and foremost, I'm a League of Ireland fan. Like, I was at uh, St. Pat's match last last Friday in Richmond. I was in Bray on Monday at, a, at Bray versus Shamrock Rovers. So first and foremost, I just love going to matches. So it's a little bit it's a little bit surreal going to say, geez, actually, do I actually own all this? Um, but it's, it's not about me. Ultimately, this is about... I can sit back and look at the enjoyment on kids' faces walking out after seeing goals go in. You know, just the excitement. And it, it's not my club. It's our club. It's it's Cork City's club. And that's the bit that everybody needs to get behind, that I'm the current custodian of it. I'm the one, hopefully, that's going to drive things on. But I can't do it on my own. This is not about me. This is about the club and not, nothing else. Darvish, we wish you and Colin and the lads the very best with the season that's ahead of you. Um, all the details, if you want to have a look up at those different packages that are going to be available in the coming weeks and towards the end of the season as Dermot said CorkCityFC.ie is the website address Dermot Usher owner of Cork City thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us Thank you very much
We're always being told we need to take time from our busy schedules to mind ourselves. And one of the things that keeps coming up a lot, well, you can eat well, definitely eat better. And then you hear about yoga and then you hear about meditation. But what about if you don't have time? to go to a yoga class or to a medication class or to try and find the right eating plan. Well, very much aware of people's time constraints, Hazel Buckley founded The Yoga Tree and she has launched a new app with all the information you need in the click of a button. And she's with me now. Hazel, how are you? Oh, hi, Jonathan. I'm great, thank you. And how are you? I'm all right. It seems like you're kind of designing this for me. I don't have time for classes. Uh, I'd love to eat better, but I'm I'm struggling to balance it all out. So help me, Hazel, please. I mean, I can't get my leg behind my head, but that's not what it's all about, is it? Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, that is the first thing I hear from people all the time. Well, actually, those two things. One, time. Time is always the biggest blocker, I think, for our well-being. And two, the flexibility side of it. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are sometimes slow to start yoga because they feel they can't touch their toes, um, or so on. So you know, yoga helps with all of that. So it's great, but definitely with the time, it's you know, I think there's a myth that we need an hour to practice yoga, or we need an hour, you know, to be practicing kind of our well-being. But really, even short spurts, so even short fifteen minutes or five-minute practices, but done more consistently, are is as beneficial as practicing for longer practices, you mm. know, so. Yeah, you, you see, you're, you're speaking so, yeah. to me there now because I would have assumed I had to go to a studio that had wall-to-wall mirrors and I'd be staring at someone in front of me who who might not be uh, happy or comfortable with me staring at them because I can't move my head. So you're telling me that I can do this in the comfort of my own home, no mirrors. Absolutely. And I think often people even enjoy yoga better at home because they're not like that. They're, you know, they're not worried that somebody else is going to be looking at them or they're not worried that, um, you know, are they doing it right? Whereas when you're doing it at home, you know, you can you can be doing it in your pajamas or whatever you fancy wearing. Um, and it doesn't matter, you know, and you're in the comfort of your own home. And yeah, as you say, even short practices, it's perfect. You don't need to get in your car and drive. Mm. 20 minutes to a studio, practice for an hour and then drive 20 minutes well, home. Okay. You know, so, you could do it all in 15 minutes. Now, I'd probably put my back out if I tried yoga without any professional advice. So I'm presuming the app yeah. has all that kind of information on how to ease yourself into it. You're not going to become a yogi overnight. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's a really good question because you obviously want to be really safe. So uh, the way the app is designed is that it's each class is categorized by level and intensity so you know what you need out of yoga practice could be totally different from me Jonathan for example and you might want um you know like you might be a beginner but you might want a little bit more intense like maybe you want to sweat a little bit oh god no um, so no, 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 like no 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 I'm, I'm, no I'm, I'm going for a path of least resistance but don't mind me there's other people out there who might like to sweat um, so yeah, so you can definitely, you know, ease yourself into it and stay with the beginner level until you're ready to move on. And with the beginner classes, they're very slow and we really kind of piece down the, the fundamentals and the foundation of poses so that you're very safe. Okay. And the key always with yoga as well is to listen to your body. If something feels good, that's great. If it doesn't, you take it back, a, a, take it back a step and just keep it nice and gentle. Okay, that makes sense to me. Now, this is a business podcast, so we have to talk about the business side of this. How do you monetize the app? How do you make money out of something like this? 
Yeah, so we have a monthly subscription. Um, so it the the business model is um, a monthly monthly subscription. So it's a, a SaaS a software as a service as such, um, and basically people sign up. Um, they can either pay monthly or they can play, pay yearly, and the yearly obviously is is cheaper. Um, I think the annual works out like less than. A co- less than two coffees a month so you know it's really affordable and I think the idea of behind it is that you want to make it affordable like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be expensive you know it should be affordable for everybody so yeah that's that's how that's how we make it work really financially okay. um yeah and I'm guessing exactly. as well it's it's not restricted to Ireland therefore so your app can be used by anybody have you had much interest from overseas in it already yeah, absolutely. You know, we I suppose that was one of the drivers that that got me launching the app um is that I wanted to make it a little bit more more um, you know, more widespread really because at the moment, you know, I'm just teaching in Cork or had been just teaching in Cork and I wanted to make it um, you know, spread it out. So we actually have a, interesting enough, I actually have a lot of members in Australia. Um, and I have a lot of members in San Francisco for some reason. Um, so it's interesting. I think, you know, when we soft launched a, a year ago, um, I had some members in San Fran. And then I suppose one of the best marketing, of course, is word of mouth. And that spread then to a lot more people in San Fran. Um, and we have people and I have a good few people in New Zealand as well, actually. So it definitely is really exciting that you can spread your wings further than Cork. Yeah, I mean, so it's been pe- really encouraging. People practicing yoga, um, it, it, it might seem a little alien, but like you've kind of mainstreamed this a little bit because I know that you uh, have been on the Today Show. Uh, I, I'm on it, but I don't do yoga. And I know uh, my <laughs> goal out colleagues, Dermot and Dave, have featured you a couple of times as well. Do you get a big bump in interest every time you appear on something like that? Yeah, it's it's very interesting because um, when I look at the analytics of it from from even from the point of view when you're on TV, it's it's amazing exposure. I mean, amazing exposure and an amazing experience. Um, and you know, but I and, and then but when you're on the radio, I actually find the radio gives more of a of a of a bump for say social media followers. So if you're looking at even followers. Um, in the app and in social media, actually radio is a really good platform for that. So I actually feel because it feels that maybe, um, you know, people have their phones closer by. I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but it seems for me, I've always had a bit more of a bump from radio, you see, the but thing TV is, as well. Yeah, Hazel, look, you're talking to a radio guy here. I mean, you're speaking the magic <laughs> language here. There's life in the old dog yet, uh, said the man presenting a podcast uh, for a radio station. So yeah, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. So what do I do now if, I, if I'm if i I'm feeling guilty about the packet of smoky bacon crisps that I had at my lunch earlier? So I need to eat better. I need to meditate and I do yoga. So how, how do I find the app? Yeah, so it's it's available both on um, both for Android and for iOS. So on the Play Store and on the App Store. So you just simply search um, the Yoga Tree Community and you'll find us. So um, and you just you can download it and you can have an explore around for free. So there's no commitment if you want to go and have a little look around and see if it's for you. And then um, if it's for you, then you can sign up and you can cancel at any time. So you can either pick monthly, um, which is 
12.99 or you can pick annual which works out as like a 40% saving um which works out about 6.99 okay. a month so um yeah and then when you when you log into the app as well i suppose the big feature that's very unique to the app is what we call our bespoke wellness and i think that's very interesting from you and i chatting that our two well-being goals would be kind of different or our levels of experience be different so when you log in and you can do this without even signing up without giving any credit card details so you can explore and see if it's for you is that you go in and you just answer five questions like what's your well-being goals is it to improve your flexibility is it improve strength maybe it's desk health maybe it is um maybe you want to tone up maybe you want to de-stress so you answer just about three things from the list so this all takes about 30 seconds it's really quick so you okay. pick three things from the list then you can pick your intensity your your level of experience and there's a few more questions you answer and then it builds a plan for you okay so you can see very, very, and Jonathan yeah. we must get you on the app I'm just going to come here I'm going to have to do it now just to see uh, what, what exactly I am <laughs> looking for I, I guess I know what it is less smoky bacon crisps uh, the yoga tree is the name of the business so if you go and look for that in the app store you'll find it Hazel Buckley an absolute exactly. pleasure to talk to you thanks so much for taking the time thank you so much Jonathan it was a pleasure well we go from meditation and relaxation to talking about personal finances and as I suggested earlier that might not be as easy a conversation to have with yourself but my next guest is five years in business his business is continuing to go from strength to strength he's got his own podcast and he's got quite a following on social media now and a lot of his financial advice is aimed at a younger cohort people who are in their 30s and 40s and asking the very obvious question Am I doing it wrong? John O'Driscoll of Blueprint Financial Planning. You're welcome back to Red Business. How are you? Hey, Jonathan. How are you? Good to be back on with you. It's good to talk to you again. So you're five years in. Last time we spoke, we were talking about how you were trying to convince younger people to take pensions seriously and to take financial advice. Are they heeding it, John? I think there is, yeah. I think they are, I should say, rather. Um, there is definitely more ownership, I think, around personal finances. Um I think there's more coverage in the press. There's more financial advisors with a social media presence and an online presence. I think people are engaging more and I think people are more informed now than ever before. Um, I've definitely seen more inquiries via the website and via social media channels um, from younger younger people than have before. Um, you know, it's... This year, I think already, you know, there's been three or four people under the age of 25 um, who've started pensions, which would not have been the case before. Um, so, yeah, it's great. It's important. Um, we're constantly hearing about pensions, time bombs and unsustainable old age pensions and whatnot. Um, so the fact that people are actually taking uh, ownership themselves and are willing to engage and sort out their own um, situation going forward is, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's about engagement at the end of the day. So that's why you've gone down the podcast route, the social media route as well. Um, are you trying to remove the fuddy-duddiness around financial advice and, and that it's for older people and not necessarily for me by using those channels? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I have said in the past and I, and I would stand by it that I think that, um, you know, previously I thought that there was too much kind of negativity in the media around finances usually when you heard about um finances it was something bad it was like stock market crash pensions crisis everything was was nearly negatively skewed um so what i try and do is obviously look at the positive aspects of personal finance you have to try and plan for the goals you want to 
um, achieve the objectives you want to get to, to, to live the life that you actually want. And also, um, you know, there's so many good things can come about engaging with an advisor and demystifying the whole process. Um, financial services has moved on and has innovated and has become such a professional industry over the last number of years. Um, like, you know, we're all extremely well qualified, adhere to strictest um, codes of conduct, you know, constant professional development. And you can, that that can sound, you know, very overwhelming to someone who doesn't know about personal finances and doesn't know where to start. But ultimately it's about just trying to strip back the process and say, sit down, have a chat over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and say, what do you want to achieve in your life? What do you want to, what goals financially yeah. and do you have? And I'll see if I can get you to them. Yeah, there was an old phrase, the three M's that you'd have, marriage, mortgage and maternity. And they were the things that used to drive your financial planning. Are they a little bit out of date now? I think they are, yeah. Um, for, for sure, they were the, the main, um, their life transition events, usually what they refer to, the people usually engage with a financial advisor when they're going through a transition event, i.e. getting married, having a baby or buying a house. But I think now people are definitely engaging. Well, certainly I find from my circumstances that people are engaging outside of those three usual um, occurrences for, for getting financial advice. Now people are saying, you know, I'm not married. I'm not, I, I don't have a house, but I would like to have a house in a couple of years' time. Um, or, you know, I, I want to save up to go on this trip of a lifetime or I want to try and, you know, have a position to change jobs down the line if I'm not liking where I'm at. So what people ultimately want, I suppose, in in life in general is probably choice. People always like, like to make decisions based on choice and having to do something. And ultimately that's what financial um, planning is all about, really, yeah, is you, giving people choice. You, you talk about treating your financial advisor like you would your GP or your dentist. Now, I mean, I, I, I'd always tell the GP everything. Uh, the dentist gets some of it. But the financial advisor, people are still cautious even talking about money to someone who's actually trying to help them. Is that something deep-seated in the Irish psyche, do you think, that we don't like talking about money in case somebody takes it off us? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, maybe. But I think also a lot of it probably goes back to you know, you leave school and by and large, um, you're, you're, you're not very prepared for the financial journey that lies ahead. You start working in your first job and you're just given your pace up and go, that's it. You may or may not have a pension through work. You know, you're just given your pace up and, oh, what's this tax in USC and PRSI? And I just think that there's there mightn't be a very high level of financial literacy among a lot of people because they mightn't have any interest in it or they mightn't have learned it or, you know, so... When there's a lack of knowledge, there probably comes a, a bit of skepticism. So what we try and do at Blueprint Financial Planning is, as I said, strip that back and start off the, the, the foundation of relationship with a chat in person or Zoom and basically find out, you find out about us, we find out about you, and then see how we can work together going forward. And um, The reason why I, I liken it to, I think we're creatures of habit, Jonathan, um, by and large, I don't know about you, but, you know, I have the same GP, the same dentist, um, solicitor, you know, so people engage with financial um, services providers, I think, irregularly. But I think that you should actually engage with your advisor as often as you would other um, key advisors in your life. Because ultimately, we have the ability to help you achieve what you want financially. Um, so we should be seen, I think, as 
as important, mm. um, you know, an advisor as any any other um, uh, kind of professional service that you use. But John, I suppose you'd get people ringing you now. This week, for example, everyone's talking about banks and, and the SVB crash and the contagion mm-hmm. around and markets are up and down and people are spooked now this week. I, I mean, are you like a horse whisperer trying to tell everybody to calm down? I, I know it's it's a bad part in the cycle and it might get worse before it gets better, but investments are long term. Are, are you any good yeah. at that kind of thing? And are young people a little bit more tuned into that than perhaps the older cohort? I think on my on my social media channels or whatever, it, it's the most overly used thing maybe in financial services, but it's the most accurate. And it's always about it's time in the markets, not timing the markets. It's it's probably the biggest cliche, but it's it's so true. Um, it's impossible to jump in and out of the markets. No one can say it's a good time to get in today and get out tomorrow. And you can be looking at all the graphs and the statistics all you want. But what's tried and tested is the longer that your money is invested in the markets and the more it can benefit from compounding and the more market dips and rises and dips and rises, your money will accrue and it will grow substantially over time. So I'm very consistent in my message. I will tell clients who are investing money with me that there will be a day where you will open your statement and you will see a negative figure for the year just gone. And sometimes they look at me in horror, but I'm kind of going like, like this is warts and all. This is what financial planning is about. You have to hear the uncomfortable truths. It isn't all, you know, um, roses the whole time. You have to hear the uncomfortable truths. But what I can then show is statistically, you know, in 100 years of the stock market in America, there's been 86 plus years and 14 minus years. So you have to work on what's tried and tested. And what's tried and okay. tested is time in the market. Yeah, and uh, longevity. Uh, we're all there for the long haul. Um, can I ask, what is the website, John, if people want to look you up? So Blueprint FP, so F for financial, P for planning, blueprintfp.ie, and my podcast, which is a podcast that focuses on entrepreneurship, personal development, and uh, with a bit of financial planning put in as well, is the-blueprint.e, and that's available on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. All the, all the good places you can get your podcast, yeah. indeed. John O'Driscoll Absolutely. of Blueprint Financial Planning. Thanks for talking to us, John. John, thanks a million. You're gent. Cheers. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, every episode of Red Business is up on the website, redfm.ie, and indeed, wherever you get your podcasts. Fiona Corcoran Donnelly was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.